Welcome to Nine Bob Note with Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Hi everybody and welcome to Nine Bob Note. I am Paul. And I am Ken. Hooray! Dramatic enough. That was that was good. What have you got for us this time? Stonewall. I'm familiar with its work, but educate the listeners. This is uh, not talking about the the riots or the inn in New York. I thought I wanted to talk a little bit about the charity. Okay. Stonewall, for those those who don't know, is a LGBTQ plus charity uh, that does an awful lot of work in terms of campaigning, raising awareness and providing support for LGBTQ plus uh, people around the country. I think it's a UK-based charity, isn't it? You're the expert. Yes. I actually well, thought it was an American charity because it's because uh, New York. Is that not... So it's based in the UK, yes. Stonewall? Yeah, it is. Ah, right. They do things like they have a, an employer index where they rank employers based on how inclusive they are mm. in terms of their support for LGBTQ people. And they do uh, a lot, a lot of stuff like that. They They have been in the press... A couple of times recently. So the the first time the, uh, it was the case that was brought against them by a, a delightful, a delightful lady called Alison Bailey. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her. Uh, you have mentioned her in less than glowing terms by name in a previous podcast, although I don't know who she is. Yes, I think she is a barrister or she's some kind of law person, and she had do- done some work with the Stonewall charity. And what she did, she put up a couple of tweets. She is one of these uh, gender critical people. Mm-hmm. And and she tweeted from her personal account a couple of tweets in support of the gender critical movement. They say gender critical, we say transphobic. <laughs> yes, yes. But Stonewall basically didn't like what she'd put and they asked her to delete the tweets. And she said no. And so they said, right, well, you can't work for us anymore. And so she has sued them. (laughs) And it hasn't gone well. The the case is still ongoing. But essentially, she basically said freedom of speech, blah, blah, blah. And they said, well, that's absolutely fine. But freedom of speech is not the same as the freedom of the consequences of what you say. We didn't like what you said. And we don't want you to be associated with us. So there's that. And then the other time that the Stonewall charity has been in the news recently is in the story of Jake Daniels. Are you familiar with... The name is ringing a distant bell. Go on. Jake Daniels is a professional footballer. I was going to... He was on my list to be a a notable mention. Yeah. I'd forgotten because it's very recently. He's the first official one to come out as gay, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The first first active uh, player. uh, There's been a few who've sort of come out after they've retired. Mm. He's the first active player, or at least the first active player to come out since Justin Fashionu, which was 30-odd years ago. Uh, and of course, Justin Fashion, who was a gay. <laughs> well, yes, I yes. didn't know. Ah, well, yeah, well. The, oh, just I thought you meant John. Yes, Fashion. yeah, ah, just, right. Justin Fashion, who was, I think John Fashion's brother, but he was a professional footballer who did, who came out as gay, uh, and then was bullied to the point where he killed himself. Oh, what a lovely story! Yes, that was, <laughs> that was cheery as you take a mouthful of gin. Uh, but yeah, so Jake Daniels is the first professional footballer who's come out of the closet and. 
largely received a really positive mm, welcome. Yeah. Uh, but he did thank in his, uh, you know, when, when in his message of coming out, he thanked the support that he'd had from the Stonewall charity about the sort of language that he used in his message and the support they've given him just in case things didn't go the way he wanted them yeah. to. So there's sort of two, two different examples. One is why some people don't like Stonewall and one is why we should like Stonewall. So it's not really a debate, mm. uh, but I don't really know where we're going to go. No, well, <laughs> I've, I've only heard Stonewall mentioned, um, apart from the gin, <laughs> uh, but uh, really when it's been brought up in uh, debates, it's never. Mm. I've never really uh, heard a promotion of a charity. It's always been dragged into something that's already an ongoing debate. Yeah. There was something that happened with Simon Cowell, uh, Simon Cowell, Simon Callow, which I don't really fully understand and I think again I think there's a little bit of taking out of context liberty going on there from picking through the bones of it I will say this across the board if, if a company has got a policy or a stance and an employee or somebody that works with them or for them doesn't share that stance and they say well I think we'll uh, we'll part Always. company yeah I have no problem with that whatsoever I think when you try and start to shut somebody down because they don't have the correct view then you're transgressing a different line. Now, because I don't know this Angela Bailey case, it would be unfair of me to comment on that specifically. But the only beef that I've got with this whole tolerance and freedom of speech movement is that it only really works in one direction if you've got the correct view. Now, whether or not you agree with, with Angela Bailey's uh, stance or the um, yeah, gender critical, whatever they want to call themselves or they are called by the people across the board, it is a point of view. Now, if you don't agree with it, you know, that's fine. They, they clearly don't agree with the LGBT community or Stonewall point of view either. They're two different sides of the coin. But one is not more valid than the other. If they're just opinions, I don't mean if they're, it's an active campaign to, to quell something, but to have an opinion or a viewpoint or a feeling about something and be told that you are wrong to have that feeling or opinion, I don't think is very freedom of speech. I think you need to you need to draw the distinction between group, an individual or a group that are trying to be actively damaging to some, somebody else rather than just holding an opinion. Yeah, and but I think that's where the uh, the the gender critical movement does come into that because those, all those arguments you put forward are perfectly valid and do apply, but. Those are the things that the gender critical movement rely on. But the things that they say are actively trying to damage a group of people because they are trying to exclude particularly trans women, mm. but trans, tra trans people in general, but it's particularly trans women from everything that they can. And we've spoken about things like uh, transgender people in sport, uh, where yeah, we've yeah. sort of said work needs doing on it. Then, you know, we can't carry on as we are. But neither of us were qualified to say what the solution mm. would be. But what neither of us have said is, well, trans women shouldn't be allowed to compete in sports. No, no. But the thing with the Alison Bailey thing is going on to trans women being allowed to use female-only spaces is what they call mm. them now. And the issue is trans women have always been allowed to use female-only spaces. There's never been an issue. There's there's never been any laws against it. If you're a transgender woman, 
regardless of whether you've medically transitioned, whether you've had surgery, whether you've just, it's your first day and you've just told people that you're a trans person, you've been allowed to go into the the women's toilets. No one's ever stopped them from Mm. doing that. And nobody's ever been murdered or raped by these people. But the the gender critical movement are making up all these hypothetical situations. Well, what if it, you know what if it was a it, it wasn't a trans woman? What if it was actually a man and he just dressed up in a dress so that he could go into the women's home? Well, there was something very recently though where there was um there was a rape in a hospital and that was made up. That was a completely made up story. I thought, I thought that critic. had been very that had been very fun. That was an actual case. It was because uh, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there have been lots of made up cases where. Uh, but that was an actual legal case. That was not because it, it actually did that. That was documented. I am not sure because the person who brought that up was that vile Baroness Nickel, um, and she brought it up as a as an example of mm. why trans women shouldn't be allowed. Because and what she said was there was this case in a in a women's hospital or a, a women's, a women's hospital ward, ward or something, yeah, yeah where on. where a man. A man went in, um, and then when she was asked to provide details of it, she was, oh, well, I can't give details for confidentiality reasons, but there, there was no substance to it, and there was no... Because that one, it, my, my ears pricked up with that one because it was properly brought up. So I did look into it, and I'm fairly sure that was an actual case. It, it, it became a quite a, not protracted, but it wasn't dealt with very swiftly. And that was part of it. I mean, I, I, would never, I would never advocate banning trans people from you know, whatever gender space they want to be in. But it's a legitimate concern if the potential is there for somebody to abuse the system on either... I mean, you wouldn't, trans or other, you wouldn't, uh, you know, we've got this convicted rapist and he needs medical treatment. The only bed we've got is in a maternity ward. Let's just use that. No, no, but as an example, that would surely raise safeguarding issues that, you know, one needs medical treatment. That's the only bed we've got, but there's a potential jeopardy here to other people. It's a hypothetical concern. You cannot say that that is going to create a situation, but there might be concerns from the mothers on that ward. Yeah, but that's like saying... No, I'm. No, I know. I've just <laughs> realised how that's saying. Oh, rape. rapist! No, I know. I, I realised. Just realised how that sounds. That was just a hypothetical scenario. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, if there is the potential there for somebody to abuse a situation, take the trans out of it. It could be anything. It could be any scenario, any establishment, anything uh, where somebody can get into a scenario where, let's take the House of Commons for example. There's a, a viewing gallery in the House of Commons. People have abused that and thrown things from the public gallery at politicians. They've abused that facility to come and observe proceedings. We had it at our local council recently. There were people that were protesting and, and causing a disturbance to the point where police have had to now be stationed at council meetings. It's, it's because that is, it's now actually happened. The situation no one ever thought would happen has actually happened. A legitimate concern has been raised. Now, it does, there's no way of ha- opening this, this can of worms without it sounding like I'm saying, well, trans people, you know, we better watch them. It's, that's not what I'm saying at all. Your silence speaks volumes. <laughs> but for, what I'm, on the other side of the, the coin, for all the trans people that say, well, we should be allowed in these spaces. We, this is what we, we are. You've always got the tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of dickheads that are going to make life, they're going to spoil it for everybody else. Yeah, but if you banned 
trans no 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 let's let's take the banning out of it uh, it's it's just a it's a situation that like the sports thing yeah but that this is what what we're saying is they're saying trans women should be banned from using female only spaces just in case one of them oh, raped. well no I, that, I would never advocate that what i'm trying to say is very ineloquently is that it's a situation it's a, a subject that is so sensitive that nobody dare approach it because they're going to be transphobic, but it needs addressing. They are transphobic? No, you. <laughs> well, you could turn around and say that I'm transphobic <laughs> for raising the question or, or to, for even opening the debate. But if there is, there should be no no topic on the table that can't be discussed for fear no. of offence over fear of the 0.5 percent of idiots out there that are going to abuse situation because it will be a, a tiny tiny fraction it's like people go down, going down the pubs you know the idea that uh, pubs are awash with drunks and everybody's wrecked off their heads no it's not you, it's a tiny tiny proportion of dickheads that go out looking for a fight that spoil it for everybody else and that's tarnished pubs in some people's eyes with this reputation that they're all awash with drunks it shouldn't be off the table to have the discussion logically, sensibly, and examine potential safeguarding issues as you would in any other scenario. In any other scenario. How often do we have fire drills and how often do we have fires? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But my point about the, the transgender bathroom issue is they're saying it's not safe to allow transgender people into the women, the female-only toilets, for example, because one of them could be a man who is going there to rape it. But first of all, if you ban transgender women from female-only spaces, how do you know that they are transgender women? Do you ask them to pull their pants down? But also, if that was the case and they said, right, you know, you're going to have to show your passport. (laughs) (laughs) uh, There would still be a way that a man who is not, you know, not a transgender Mm. woman, a man who is a rapist will get into those toilets and rape a woman because that's what he wants to do. That's the fact that he's been told, well, you can't, you can't go in there because you're a man isn't going to make anyone in there safer. Yeah, but I'm I'm not talking about that as a as a hypothetical scenario about banning trans people from gender specific spaces. My point of view, from a, an outsider's perspective, is it shouldn't be off the table as a a topic of discussion that two sides with conflicting views shouldn't both be heard out because it, the the evidence should. It, let's just say there was a a trans trial. Let's just say. <laughs> Like the whole Amber Turd thing that's going on that everybody's completely mm. fixated on. It, let's just say there was that. The the evidence and the force of the argument should be there on both sides. If they've both got a legitimate point of view, they should be able to air their views. Now, if one side is hysterical, coming out with absolute mental shit that's just... These are all hypothetical scenarios. You've no proof to back this up. Or or you, the the, the pro, what safeguards would you see in place on your side of the coin because the there's no saying that uh, somebody who takes against a trans woman might not knife them in the middle of the night if they were on a, a women's only ward you know the, the the argument works in the other direction but it shouldn't be off the table as a, dis- a sensible measured discussion rather than we better dance around this one because if we open this kind of worms we're transphobic and that's my beef with it yeah the 
I do. I get where you're coming from, but the thing, the issue with these gender critical people is that they don't dance around it. If somebody talks about the girl who was cast in Doctor Who, who I can't remember her name, Yasmin something. Yes, uh, hopefully more interesting than the last Yasmin. <laughs> yeah. There have been tweets, and she is what, 16, 17, where people have been talking about how exciting it is that mm. she's been cast. And these people, these gender-critical people, including the likes of Bailey, Rowling, Linehan, respond with he and correct the pronouns yeah, to he and him. Yeah. Now, that's not measured debate. That's abuse. Oh, but and you're always... About, let's, let's divorce Twitter from this. I think we can both agree that Twitter is not a measured, a measured, a measured area. Unfortunately, that is the temperature mm-hmm. gauge now for debate. Yeah. So I'm trying to divorce Twitter from, from this because it's such a sensitive topic. Like I say, I've got no strong views either way. I don't. I think banning anything—you've got to be on very, very firm ground before you go for an outright ban of anything. Personally speaking, I would not be in favour of that. I just think that there is a propensity now in, in, in particular on social media. And I will narrow it down to Twitter. I fucking hate Twitter. You're either right or wrong. Both sets of people have got equally strong views and they've got the reasons for holding those views, but you either right or wrong. And there is hysteria on both sides. Now, I've seen... Because I, uh, on the back of something you said a few weeks ago about J.K. Rowling having a, a tea party on Trans Awareness Day, that was right, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, I went to have a look at, at the, the tweets and the postings and the things, and... I couldn't see anything on that particular. Bear in mind, I didn't read anything any any much more into it, um, and I'm sure there were lots of other things that that particular group have posted that I've not seen. But there was nothing on there that was actively anti. What I could see was was hatefully anti-trans. It was just it seemed to be. Now again. You know far more about this than I do, so I'm not going to stand on any sort of moral <laughs> high ground here. I would like to know more about it, but I'm not prepared to tar any particular group with... Oh, they, they don't mind it because it's part of their Twitter bio that they are anti-trans. I didn't see <laughs> that they're, they're, they're anti-trans. They, they, just, they, 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 and the fact that they call themselves the LGB, or in fact, I don't even think it's L, LGB. They're, in their group, it's, I think it was just the LG. But yeah, it it's all right saying that there's points on both sides, but... Believing and advocating and speaking strongly to say that trans people don't exist and shouldn't exist, and correcting their pronouns every time they tweet—that's mm, a different. And, yeah, and, that's, but that's yeah. what that's what this Alison Bailey is. And yeah. I know that not mm. you know I know that there are some people who are uncomfortable with different things, and and it is possible to say, oh, it should be possible to say, actually, I'm uncomfortable. With this can we have a talk mm. about it? But. This in this particular case with Alison Bailey, she is one of the shouty, I'm right, and she doesn't have a point because trans women are women and should be entitled, you know, to do whatever they mm. want. But yeah, I do I do agree. It's the shouty group. Yes. On, on, yes. And again on both sides that give everyone a bad name. Because what was the thing? And you've probably said there was a statue of Emmeline Pankhurst. Some trans rights group did some stupid protest the other week where they all dressed up as ninjas. They were all, as they always are on these fucking protests, whatever they're doing, they were all face covered and they were blocking Emmeline Pankhurst's statue from... I, I really tried to understand what the whole point of it was and I couldn't understand. The reason why they did that is because it, that was actually an 
counter protest. There was actually a an anti-trans protest going on in Manchester on that day, arranged by I can't think what her name is, but the, some <clears throat> some really big uh, and and the whole purpose was that trans people are erasing women and so they should be you know this is these are the vicious people that you know that I'm talking about not the not the calm ones but because they they're all women's rights you know or female rights they have adopted the suffragettes and Emmeline Pankhurst as like a as a role mm. model and that's why the trans people did that to sort of block out the the counter protest but it was the anti-trans protest that was there in the first place. Well, that was the catalyst. The problem with the, the trans protest is, A, I didn't know what it was about. And if you're going to protest about something, at least be clear in your message here. I think they were just trying to block the anti-trans protest. Well, anything. But yeah, but it, I as an outsider should have got that message mm. from. And there was somebody and he went up and he tried to, to film a, an interview with one of the protesters to find out what they were about. And they wouldn't, they just, they wouldn't talk. And mm. you think, well... You're not helping the cause because you need to know the background. If you're going to protest against something, A, covering your face, it shows that you don't have the courage of your convictions. That's that's for starters. But B, if you're going to protest against something, what's the message you're conveying? You need to be clear. Otherwise, how can you get people on board with your cause? Now, if I'd known that, I might have had more sympathy with them, but I didn't. It just because it just looked so stupid. They were they were waving the trans flags about and being really obstreperous in front of this statue, but there was no context to it. In order for that to make sense, I need to know about the Manchester one that I didn't know about. Yeah, I mean, there is the fact that there was an anti-trans protest actually happening in the first place that perhaps we need to be a little bit more concerned about. Oh, no, but, people but, are marching in the streets yeah, against... Yeah, but it, but it assumes that everybody knows about it. Yeah. And I didn't. And I, and I don't... So it, I, was, I was left completely baffled by this trans rights protest that didn't seem to make any sense because I only had... I didn't even have 50% of the story. Mm. All I had was a seemingly tiny little group of trans rights activists blocking a statue of Emmeline Pankhurst. So there was no context there <laughs> for... You, you'll know about it because this is your, your area, but I, as somebody who wants to know, had no way of finding out. So be clear in your message, guys. That's all I would say. On, on whatever side of the, the fence you're on, don't just be all shouty and flag-wavy. Or a mute and flag wavy in this point. I think the the mute thing was kind of a point that they were making that that's what the anti trans people want them to be silenced. But the the fact Again. that you didn't know yeah. that the anti trans protest was going on at the same time as this proves that they were they were actually quite successful in deflecting attention. <laughs> uh, there's a way of looking at it. I, I don't see... I mean, this was three people, looking, three or four people with ninja masks and trans flags by a statue in the middle of a square that nobody was there for. So it, it wasn't much of a protest. In terms of deflecting it, it just happened to pop up on my Twitter feed. I didn't go looking for it or anything. The anti-trans thing I was blissfully unaware of, so this massive, whatever it was, anti-trans march, failed utterly in getting through to me because I didn't yeah. see it. It's just all very shouty. Yeah. And it's all hysterical, and, and nobody's nobody's just taking the time to to have a one side versus the other debate or at least attempting any sort of dialogue. These are our concerns. Well, these are our concerns about your concerns. But there shouldn't be... There doesn't need to be a dialogue when you're talking about trans rights because 
nobody has ever stood in the centre of Manchester and campaigned for you know for white men to have their rights stripped of them. No, you know, no one's ever campaigned for any any of our rights to be stripped away from us. These people are actively campaigning that trans people shouldn't be allowed to exist and they shouldn't have the same rights as the rest of us. It's not something that there needs to be a dialogue. Well, they're, yeah, but those are, those are, yeah, but those are, yeah, but those are, any protest you see in a town centre anywhere, they're idiots. It doesn't matter what it, they're protesting about, they're idiots because that is not the way to progress forward. It's like when they had the, um, and the one that always pissed me off was the Black Lives Matter riots in, up and down, I think there were a couple in the middle of a COVID outbreak, everybody was supposed to be locked down at home, but no, we're going to go out and protest against something that happened in another country that isn't an issue in England. We're going to do it anyway. And there was all sorts of chaos, and it actually turned me off the cause. It, it turned me completely off the cause because of the way they went about it. This was not dialogue. This was not raising a point. And it's the same with any protesters. The anti-trans movement, if that's what they didn't, I've got no... I, I wouldn't even want to listen to them because I can picture it in my mind's eye. I didn't see any of it. But it'll have been all flag-wavy and masky and punching the air, chanting. It'll, I can picture it. I don't... I mean, there were only about six of them there. Potentially, whatever. <laughs> but that is not my way of, of resolving any situation. Protests never work. They never work. Dialogue works. And sitting around the table and talking sensibly, and these are our concerns, these are our concerns, or why have you got those concerns? Well, why have you? Why are you not listening to our concerns? And that, sort of, that is a better way of thrashing it out than putting on a mask so that you're hiding your face and going and protesting in the town square and, and people walk past and they're like, yeah, all right, mate. Nobody's really getting on board with the cause. The only people that are listening to the people that are protesting are the people that are already on side with whichever protesters there are. The middle, whatever percentage of the middle there is, who are indifferent, won't give a shit. It won't make any difference to their views. Yeah. So measured dialogue, please. I have no, I have, I have no trouble with anyone that says ban trans people. They don't exist. Not at all. But if there are concerns, you cannot. You just on on again on any topic. Don't just disregard those concerns because well, you're wrong. But the con the concerns are wrong. No, the, you can't it's like say that. When gay people weren't allowed to live together or to get married, and people were protesting for that and campaigning for that, and it was like, well, let, let's have a measured debate about it. Well, wh why should we debate that we should be allowed to get married? Be what What are your legitimate concerns? And their legitimate concerns were going, oh, it's going to break up the the traditional family unit. That's not a legitimate concern. I'm a gay man. Why shouldn't I be allowed to have a family? And but what triggered, what changed that? It wasn't protests. It wasn't marches. It was. It was years of protests. Yes. But what actually changed that? What was the tipping point that actually changed it? You had the whole Wolfendon thing, which, which was a, a thing that took place behind closed doors in a courtroom and was widely reported. And then you had years and years of evolution through discussion and people pushing for it behind closed doors in parliament that eventually led to the protest didn't that wasn't the thing it was a shift in society's attitudes that led to a change in the law that was like this is there is no actual evidence that this is uh, a good way to to move forward as society 
tearing statues down or breaking, smashing windows or whatever the hell people do on the, the stupid process or whatever. Fracking. Fracking process. What are you doing? You're protesting in Preston against something, that a decision that was taken in bloody Westminster. That is not helping the situation. If you sit down and, I mean, I, I'm entirely with you on the whole gay conversion thing and trans conversion thing. The only way to progress on that is to get it enacted into law. And the more that you've taught me about it, the more I can't understand why it hasn't been done. Because it just there's no evidence that this is a, a healthy thing for a 21st century society to be doing at all. It's so the, it's the anti-trans people filtering in and putting it in, and it's people like the Baroness Nickel who holds a position in government that has some kind of authority. It's not that we're ca- that we want trans people to have more rights. They're actively campaigning to remove the rights from them that they already have. They're taking away. They're making them less human just because and because of no concerns, just because they don't like them. That's, well, I don't know enough about it, but that, I mean, that's if, again, that sounds like a very extreme view. And once you get to that far, you know, we want them removed and, and, and just not recognized as a, well, you can't, it's 21st century, you can't behave that way that they are, that we don't, we don't recognize that they exist and we want the rest of society to think our way. That's either far left or far right. You, you're at the very extremes of views. Now, the only way for society to move forward is to, be centrist it's the only way forward you cannot have extreme views and and expect them to be enacted into law it's just it's monstrous and it's not how our society works but to shut down a debate and say we're not going to listen to your concerns because it's only going to be a tiny fragment of people that think that far to the extreme the vast majority of people won't and you you're going to have some sort of centrist or middle ground people that say look yeah, all right, we've got the shouty lot. Forgive me for those. And we've got our shouty lot. Yeah, I know they they are a little bit extreme. It's the middle ground people that need to talk, not the extremists, not the ones that are all flag-wavy, shouty. Oh, God, how would you feel if this trans person came in and raped your dog? How would you feel about that? That's the, those are the people that you don't want to, you know, they're never going to be listened to because it's just, it's just hysteria. Yeah, but the worry is that those are the people who are being listened to. They're the rich they're people, yeah, they're, they're, they're people in government. They are, they're the rollings, they're the, the, the people who say things and people listen to them. And that's why it's so scary. But also when you talk about middle ground, where is the middle ground between transgender people being allowed to have the same rights as all other humans and trans people not being humans? Well, no, but there's... You just give them some No, rights. no, no. What, what I mean is that, that as with any debate, any discussion, anything that ever goes on, there's always the force of the argument wins. And it's always, with anything, once you whittle out the people that shout loudly and they go all in and create hysterical scenarios, trim those back down, what you end up with usually is a sort of... 51-49, scenario where there's arguments on both sides and somebody wins by the narrowest of margins because of the force of the argument and the evidence. It's never, or it's very rarely, an overwhelming, and to be honest, in this case, it's very clearly on the side of the trans rights people. Very clearly. That's looking from the outside and as someone who's got no particular bent on it. But you shouldn't disregard. It, the only way to, to bring the moderate, the sceptical ones on board, is to win them over by the force of the argument. And that's how we've progressed through history. It's how gay rights have progressed by demonstrating 
there is no threat from these people. You, it's just all hysteria from a tiny minority that are trying to poison everybody, that these are dangerous sex pests that are going to dissolve the whole of society with their abhorrent, twisted ways. We must eradicate. And But it's only a tiny minority, but they're always, 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 always the most vocal. And they speak for everybody, and that's the problem. It's the moderates that are ignored. Yeah. And I think that, and that's why bring, bringing it back to the Alison Bailey thing, it, it'll be interesting to see how, how that goes because she's quite free to say, to tweet whatever she wants. She was work, doing work for an organization that didn't agree with those views and said, we don't want to work with you anymore. Mm. She has raised through a crowdfunder £500,000 to fund her through this employment tribunal. Imagine all those people who've donated that money to her stupid thing just because she refused to delete two tweets. Imagine they donated that money to Stonewall. Think about the difference that that, that could have made to, to people's mm. lives. And the, these are the kind of people. But let's bring it back to the positive work. That's We've gone quite a way off we Stonewall, have, haven't we? We have, yeah. So the, the support that they gave to, to Jake Daniels. Oh, yes, I yes. Think, uh, I mean, that is an example of the opposite of what we've mm. just been saying. So he was no doubt incredibly scared about coming out. He must have been terrified. Yeah, he's only seventeen. I'm going to say he's well. a young lad, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. And he got support, obviously, from Stonewall. He spoke to the football club, Blackpool mm. Football Club, who apparently have been amazing. It is Blackpool. Well, well, yeah, they, yeah so they do have it. <laughs> I mean, he's going to be the chairman of Flamingos before long. It is Flamingos, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it, it could have gone either way. And, yeah. and there obviously have been a lot uh, or some stupid, hateful mm. comments. But the organisations around him, Stonewall, the, the football club and various other people have been so... Lots of other football clubs as well have come out to support him. And, yeah, yeah. And I guess it's nice that we have that kind of thing. And particularly Stonewall, who get a lot of criticism. Mm. Um, largely, I don't mean, I mean to bang the gender critical, <laughs> but, but because they because they support transgender people, they, they support right. LGBTQ people. And a lot of people don't like that. They think they should just be LGB. But going back to what you were saying a couple of weeks ago, transgender people and lesbians were the people who actually started the Stonewall yes, riots, yeah. which is where the charity got its name from. So yeah, so it is. It's nice. They do really, really good work, and it would be it would be nice if this trial sort of went away and uh, Bailey scurried back under her rock, and so Stonewall can carry on getting uh, getting on with the good work that they do. Ah, but you say that, but what if? <laughs> what if that? I mean, we never. You never know in trials these days. Mm. Uh, let's take the the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial. <laughs> Looking from the outside in, from someone who has very little interest in it, to be quite honest, uh, I know people that are watching it daily. To me, it seems very clear-cut. A, there are faults on both sides, but B, Amber Heard is not as squeaky clean as she would like to mm. make out, particularly since there's audio of her admitting domestic abuse. I still don't think it's going to be a clear-cut decision, um, and I would like it to be. It should be, but it's 2022 and uh, all bets are off. Mm. So if the Angela Bailey thing goes in favour of Stonewall, 
I'm sure you wouldn't want the trial to go away then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. I, I mean, but if it go if it goes against Stonewall, then it's saying, well, she can just say what she wants with no consequences. And Stonewall will have to carry on employing her or they have to pay her as if they were employing her because, you know, depending what the settlement yeah. would be. But also all of that money, because there'd be a payout, they'd have to pay her out money from a charity mm. supporting LGBTQ people. And I mean, I think it's just disgusting. If you feel that strongly about your stupid tweets, then leave them up. Don't delete them. Absolutely fine. But why would you work for a charity that's working against the people that you actively hate? Well, I've never quite understood. Anybody that takes an employer to court mm. because they've been sacked, well, unless it's something where, say it's some huge company that they really enjoy working for. Like, no, I don't want to be fired from this. And this is, I've got listen. If you're working for someone you don't want to work for, let it go. <laughs> yeah. Let it go. I've never actually been fired, but I... Um, Oh, I have actually, yeah. <laughs> Enterprise PLC. They don't exist anymore, but they were a horrible, horrible company. Oh, I was I was so happy to be fired from that. It was a dreadful company. But I've I've left companies or I've, uh, you know, this was, time has come to an end. But I'd never dream of Enterprise where I was fired from. I'd never dreamt of going back and suing them for, you, you fired me. And why? Because I, Because you think that I'm not... Right for this role, I think that's that's disgraceful behaviour. What if I won and kept my job you somewhere I didn't want? <laughs> you win and you lose. <laughs> so yeah. I've never quite understood these legal cases where they take employers for being dismissed. No, no, it is. Uh, what do you want? <laughs> yeah, make your mind up. Well, I think <laughs> we've definitely. This is the longest horrible. episode we've ever had. Oh my god. Yeah, be, just just before we record the Christmas special, <laughs> we'll, we'll get the get the feather boas out, and I think we'll assign the feather boas to Stonewall as a charity. Mm. I think Stonewall do an awful lot of really good work. They work a lot in education. They obviously we've talked about Jake Daniels, the support they offer to people like that. But also they do a lot of work with as a homeless LGBTQ people uh, and maybe to a lesser extent to the, the employment uh, index that they put mm. through. But it's all about ra- raising awareness and keeping the good fight going. And because they're quite a big name, they, they do have some sway mm. in, in some of the debates that go on. So I think that they are very important and certainly can't afford to be paying out money to the likes of Alison Bailey just because she threw her toys out of the pram. <laughs> so I'm going to give Stonewall a five. I'm going to concur and give it five too. And that's from, I'd not heard of Stonewall until, it's only the, uh, the past few years mm. and it's uh, it's you and Simon Exton that have, have made me aware of this. Primarily, I think, through the gin. I think, <laughs> but in the, the past few years, I've learned about Stonewall and what they've done. And, and this has been going on. The, the Stonewall as a sort of a, a brand. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's been around a long time. It's mm. 50 years now. Well, the, the Pride Queen, that's, that's, that was the Pride movement. But yeah. Stonewall, I think that was late 60s, wasn't it? 69. Yeah. So they've clearly been at this a long time and, and not just for how much money they can get from sticking a rainbow flag on things. So, and, and it's clear, and in recent years, it's certainly I've heard the term or the name Stonewall 
assigned to debates and mm. and they've waded in on things or they've been involved with things. Yeah, clearly a five. Hooray! Mm. So we'll round off this week's episode with a screening queens. The popcorn's out. <laughs> what have we got? Well, this is something that I would really like us to revisit and do a, an episode uh, mm-hmm. on it, but it would mean that you have to watch it. <laughs> uh, so it is a Netflix series. Heartstopper. Well, it's actually on my list of things to watch because Yasmin, I don't know, is in, <laughs> yeah. is, in is going to be in Doctor Who next year. Is in this, and um, everybody's crowing about her as, as they do. There's that and sex education are on the list of things to watch. So yes, happily, and we'll do a full episode on Heartstopper. Yes, brilliant. It's it's eight half-hour episodes, so it's not a massive Not thing. a slog. We'll go into it when we've watched it, but it is something that, because it is a, a sort of teenage mm. kids' programme. If that had been around when we when we were kids, then my life and definitely, and, and a lot of people's lives, would have been a lot, a lot different. And although it's quite easy watching fluff, it's actually... I would say one of the most important things that's been on TV for quite some time. Crikey, that's quite a statement. Yeah. Right, well, we'll do that in a uh, very soon. And it also features the Queen, Olivia Coleman. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, yeah, we will call it a day. Or a night. It's been a very, very long time. We'll, uh, we'll no doubt be back next week with more podcasty goodness. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. Ta-ta. Bye. <laughs> Nine Bob Note featured Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Title music was by Mark Scheiman, and the programme was produced by Maverick Productions. For more information, please visit maverickproductionsuk.blogspot.com or find us on social media.